Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and we are back from our uh, annual February vacation. Mason, Brad, back with me, fellas. How we doing? It's been almost three weeks exactly at this point. We've had a month to rest and recuperate. Are we ready to argue about things that we have like no like visual evidence to back up for about the next six months? Are are, are we are we ready for this, uh, Mason? Because I know Bradford is probably ready for it. Oh, I'm exceedingly ready to make all sorts of wild accusations and arguments that have no factual basis in anything. <laughs> Always the best time of year, the off season, uh, to me. But podcast gets a little bit crazier around then. Uh, the off season's the best part of the year for you. You're a Broncos fan. Yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> that's that's also a fact. Um, a little bit of housekeeping will be one time a week for the foreseeable future. Maybe the week of free agency if something. But, like, the free agent class isn't that good, so it doesn't feel like it's worth it to, like, do, like, a free agency day one, two, and three podcast. You know, Smith. Like, a, like let, let's just wait until, like, most of the free agency dust is settled and then talk about it. So, plan on, like, about one show a week. I like the idea. We'll, we'll see people's schedules are obviously in flux, but I do like the idea of just recording on Sundays. Not a lot's going on on Sundays. Like, it's a good time to, like, get things together and you, we can, you know, it's when football typically would be, so we can be, like, a replacement for football. And then it gives me time throughout the week to make cuts and put stuff up on YouTube as I'm going to continue to do that this off season. For Bradford, uh, before we started, Mason got you going on, on a story that, I, personally, I don't find believable um, that, you know, somehow a university would because of the student government would come to be missing uh according to your account millions of dollars without like a president of the university stepping in like they're missing listen i can't get into this on recording okay they're coming (laughs) the thing that you don't understand eric i'm i'm not joking the dude that's in charge i got into a bit of a of a skirmish the other night at one of the debates oh god i'm almost positive the dude in charge (laughs) secretly took a picture of me i saw his flash go off like I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in deep, Eric. That's what you don't understand. And I can't tell you all about it because they're coming for me. But the Illuminati's after Brad. That's what we've say, learned today. I got to say, it is delightful to be back. You know, I feel like we got a good break. I, our last episode was a little contentious. You were in a little bit of a pissy mood at me, but we've had time to, to miss each other. I've had time to reflect on the fact that my beloved Kansas City Chiefs are still Super Bowl champions, which still makes me smile when I think about it. Because if they weren't Super Bowl champions, that would mean somebody else was. And that would make me sad. Overall, I'm doing very well. How are you fellas doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I've spent uh, the time off watching a lot of NBA. The NHL is underway. I'm, I'm, I'm getting deep into that. Did a pilgrimage to Colorado the other week. Saw the abs. That was fun. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm re- I'm ready to get back into talking about football. I was, you know, to be honest, the NFL's kind of let me down. I feel like there's a lack of juicy headlines right now in in the sphere of the NFL. I don't know if you guys agree. Eric, 
or, or wait till I break the Will Levis or, or disagree with that. have no idea. There's yeah. one juicy story going on. This is league changing. Bradford's really been into the Will Levis stuff, and we'll get to that towards the end of the podcast. But it just feels like a lot's in flux. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumors and things going on. But today is basically just I have a little bit of a rundown. We'll try to stick to it as much as we can. We'll hit on each of these topics. But I want to start with a question not on this rundown for, for Mason. Mason, what's the number one thing you're looking forward to this offseason? Hmm. What do you think a theme will be, I guess, would be the better question. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to almost look – you know what? Actually, the thing I'm going to look forward to the most this offseason is definitely going to be uh, how the quarterback market kind of shakes out. I mean, I think that's probably some of the most interesting stuff we're probably going to see now that I think about it. I mean, we have genuinely no idea where, you know, four or five very large prospects might end up. Could they all stay where they are? Sure. Could they all end up on different teams? Also, sure. And so I, I think that... Uh, we could end up with some really amazing soap opera-esque drama throughout the league if we can get a couple of guys to change teams and go to the right places. Mm. Bradford? I think I'm looking forward to hope. This is the thing. Not for myself. I'm full of hope. But in general, I think the offseason is the best time of the year because there's at least something spicy with every team. Once you get a couple of games into the season, the spice goes way down. But during the offseason, that's when a team like the Arizona Cardinals can be interesting. That's when I can bring myself to care about the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears. And I'm excited for those franchises to get some time in the spotlight. You know, I mean, the, I think the offseason is when the little guys shine. And I can't lie to you. I'm a fan of the little guy. I'm a man of I'm a man of the people. And the people, general NFL teams at the bottom, this is their moment to shine. And I love to think that a team like the Lions can take this offseason and use it to jump up to the top and give this big narrative story that we all crave. I think I'm looking the most forward to movement because I think we're going to get a lot of it. I do think we're going to get a trade tsunami. I, I feel like that is incoming. Because if you look at the free agents this year, it's just like so mid, like so many mid players available to like get on teams. And like if contenders sign these mid players, they'll be great. But like if bad teams are going to go out here and sign some of these mid players and be like, hey, we bought in mid player X, Y and Z. Like we're we're definitely a playoff team next year. Absolutely not. No, this this free agency class is like one of the weaker ones I think I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's not a ton of fun to talk about. So I'm interested to see how creative teams get, because I do think there's going to be people that go hard and say, all right, let's trade some draft capital. Cause the only way to get better in the NFL these days is to either hit on draft picks or use draft picks to trade for uh, known commodities. So I am interested to see how all that will go all right my next question your favorite nfl headline slash story that has come out while we were on hiatus i think one of them is going to be very uncomfortable for me and um 
I just feel like we need to get this over with. So Bradford, why don't you go on and, and go ahead? I think I know where you're going, maybe. My storyline? Oh, I can't do the Will Levis thing now, hey? No. Oh, that was But like story, if there's man. a headline or like something or a report or something that you found intriguing that you've just wanted to talk about while we have not been but specifically not Will Levis related. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's one I mean, that I you found keep building this up. Here's one that I found interesting. Okay. I'm not listen, I'm not gonna dunk on the Broncos, Eric. Oh, I'm, God. I, I'm here we go. On, I'm not gonna dunk on the Broncos. Here's a storyline that I found a little interesting. What's the deal with Carson Wentz? Does he play in the NFL next year? Who brings, like, because I feel like he's better than some of the quarterbacks that are on rosters, but is he better than those quarterbacks that are on rosters? Because Washington, after paying a ridiculous amount for him last year, released him while we were on break. And I'm curious to see what happens to Wentz, one of the most fascinating career trajectories I have ever seen. I do you think he'll be in the nfl but he's not gonna be a starter i mean you you looked at the uh ian rapaport tweet the other day he was like he's in indy and he's willing to take a reduced role like somebody's like he he you know greg rosenthal our 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 idol i guess i suppose of this podcast uh tweeted out something that i found quite funny and he was like carson Wentz was really basically carson Wentz is really thirsty for the Taysom hill role and like (laughs) Like I like, I honestly could see it. Somebody could pay him like five million dollars to be their Taysom Hill, um. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh it, that one's weird. I do think I, for one, I don't know if you guys have been. I've watched exactly one full game in total over three weeks of XFL action. I do think that Carson Wentz going to the XFL. That might be something kind of spicy, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not as fascinated by once as you are more as I, more than I am just like kind of sad about the whole prospects of his career at, at this point, because he, he, if, if a team's asking him to be a starter next year, uh, just like pick that team to like end up in the top five of the draft next year, because that, that, that's just going to be a bad idea. Future Arizona Cardinal? Question mark. Hmm. Maybe it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Because right now their starter is Colt McCoy. Yeah. That that that's a fair point. That could be an interesting one. Mason, anything that caught your eye? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say anything like fascinated me or anything like that. There, I had some news that bummed the hell out of me. Uh, Leslie Fraser decided to take a year off, and so yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you know, that's fun. It was that there was a lot of, uh, you know, talk on Bill's Reddit and stuff of like, oh, man, you know, well, Leslie Frazier, we need to do something else about that. And, you know, a lot of that back conversation, they're like, well, what do we do without him if we fire him? And then, you know, that time came and went. And now he just decided to up and leave. And so we have the worst of both worlds. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um I'm also sad, also had a sad headline, you know, obviously, you know, I really couldn't escape um, Broncos sadness season. I mean, it's not rare, but it comes to me in the off season, but when the athletic just straight on goes like, we're going to go murder this, like Russell Wilson's career and like, 
personality and uh yeah that 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 was rough so the report was that and russ denies this but like the athletic isn't lying like like i just i just don't buy that like the report like mike sando isn't isn't lying about things he's being told by people in seattle's building um yeah apparently russell wilson was like yeah it's you know go fire pete carroll and john snyder and let me run the show and then he came to denver and nathaniel hackett was like hey i'm gonna be the nicest guy in the world and just let this guy kind of run the team and he, he had an office on the second floor of the building which was reserved for like coaches and general managers and didn't spend much time in the locker room apparently which is always you know a really good sign it you know it's always a bad sign when the most mature person in an article is jerry judy when when jerry judy is the most level-headed and mature person within an article that's always a really bad sign so that that was really what caught my eye you know russ as we've established corny christian science robot also just uh, a malfunctioning human being and i mean there's just I read that report and I said, okay, the the only way next year ends is in total darkness and sadness. This guy needs to be cut almost immediately. They will not. Next year will be extra sad, but hey, maybe I'll get Caleb Williams. So that you know, that that might be that might be kind of cool. Anyhow, yeah, uh not 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 great reports out of Broncos land recently. Just feels uh depressing and weird. Nope. You know what the thing is with it though, like all the all the uh, reports of like all this rust nonsense. Nobody would care if the team was good. That's the thing. Like, like I'm all for piling on Russ, but at the same time, I don't think the issue is that he's doing this stuff. I think the issue is that he sucks. And it's like, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't be a story if they were good. And it's like makes me feel like maybe it's not that big of a story. Plus, Sean Payton's coming in and shutting the whole thing down. I I think ultimately Payton will improve it enough that it'll be like a respectable losing team you know that's kind of where i'm at with it like i I feel like this is probably like a seven eight win kind of team as opposed to like the bottoming out that they did last year and so it's like hopefully the the drama and narratives around i think will die down with someone like peyton at the wheel we're supposed to uh hack it who just doesn't have the personality type to control a locker room that toxic which i just hope you know uh bradford that respectable losing team category is like my worst case scenario <laughs> and like total nightmare because that means that you can't draft a quarterback and you're also not good enough to be a playoff team. So let, let's maybe keep those predictions to ourselves a little, just, just till August, you know, just, just let me believe that maybe they're bad enough to truly tank. Um, maybe they'll trade for Allen Robinson, help out the, about the wide receiver core yeah per, per, <laughs> perhaps yeah it's uh it's yikes yeah, it's just just bad times but anyhow all right now we can get to this rundown here i wanted to ask you guys uh, well i wanted to let bradford take this way he said he wanted to talk about the cardinals for some reason <laughs> i uh, uh no, no i i wanted i wanted to say i listen it's not that i want to like gas up the cardinals the dysfunction in that organization is underratedly off i mean did you see these reports coming out about how they're making players in the offseason or on 
undesignated training days, like having to pay to use the facilities and pay for the personalized food trainers and all that. That's insane. That's crazy. No other franchise does this, right? Like that is what a cheap franchise. And it's like, the more I look into their roster, point me one bright spot. Like I, I think this might be an unprecedentedly awful team. Like Gannon. Oh my God. Like, why would he take that job ever? <laughs> this, this this looks like career suicide to me. Like, I think it's fascinating that, you know, people, when people talk about dysfunctional organizations, people forget about the Cardinals because they're so forgettable, but are they not the most dysfunctional organization in the entire NFL now? Name one that's worse. Yeah, that's um, like name one that's worse. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh no, you know what? Um, maybe the Ravens. Do you see some of those letter grades they got? Pretty bad. Okay, I'm thinking, but the Ravens have some good players, and they have a good coach, okay, and they fair. have a good culture. All right, All right. I that's will give them that. They do. They do have the edge. In you know that, who got terrible grades? The Chiefs. They actually got pretty bad grades on a lot of those things where it was like players complaining about the facility and complaining about some of the rules and stuff like that. It's not the negative grades is a problem. It's it's the roster state and it, and it's the way that players are treated by the organization. Yeah, that was a really weird report. Michael Bidwell, the owner, did not come out looking great there. Um, okay. That was uh, that was Cardinals talk and team grade talk uh, from ownership. I've pulled up the list of top 101 free agents. I'm about to drop a link in this Zoom chat, but I just want to have you guys take a look and tell me of the guys that will actually maybe hit free agency. So basically rule out like all the quarterbacks and uh, some of the guys in the top 10. Who do you think are some of the most valuable free agents to maybe acquire uh, this offseason? I will go with uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Mm. That, uh, to me, he played really well for the Eagles during that Super Bowl run. And right behind him at eight is James Bradbury. I think both of those guys could fetch massive deals for themselves that would kind of be looked at by us as like, oh, do they really deserve that? But I think they're going to get paid just on the fact that they have that championship kind of level, get to the championship level type pedigree now. Um, I, I like James Bradbury as maybe a guy that uh, a, another contender adds on like another short-term, like two-year deal type thing to chase for playoffs. Those two guys looked kind of interesting to me um what about you mason uh i think um you know not anybody specific that i'm looking at but i think there's a lot of like quality o-line it looks like that that might hit i mean you know a lot of them are probably going to get re-signed let's be clear this top 101 definitely is a, a list of people who their teams definitely want but i mean you've got a number of centers and guards sitting on this list that just look like they they could you know do really well i mean you've got garrett bradbury sitting here um i know jason kelsey is on this list and i mean he's a bit older but he's still been an absolute stalwart in that 
you know, line. So, you know, there, there's definitely going to be some pickings for like some of the not so popular positions, I think, where teams can really make a little bit of room for themselves to improve. Yeah, the, the line stuff is interesting to me. I, I'm not as high on it as I think maybe you are. One guy I did want to shout out here, Draymond Jones. Sounds like the Broncos are not going to tag him. He was one of their best players on defense last year and has been a really good defensive lineman for them over the past two years. He's developed into a pretty solid interior defensive lineman that I think could go ring chasing and really help a contending type team like a, a team like maybe the Chiefs or the Bills honestly makes a lot of sense for him to like be potentially a Frank Clark replacement or you know help up front uh for the Bills next to guys like Ed Oliver and, and such um I think he's one guy to keep an eye on Bradford anything that catches your eye on this list or are we ready to move on here well I mean, yeah, very mid free agents list. I'm kind of intrigued by Bobby Wagner because he did have a really solid year last year. And I think he would be an excellent addition to most, most teams provided that he's not asking for a crazy amount of money. I feel like he's one of the potential difference makers. That's not going to break the bank. I mean, obviously like you can look at like, you know, like Hargrave or Deron Payne or, or, or players like that. And it's like, well, yeah, they're going to impact things, but you're probably going to have to pay a lot for them. Whereas, I think there's a chance that Bobby Wagner might be a really effective linebacker option that you don't have to pay as much as you would have to pay for equal level of play from a potential younger player. I'm also uh, very, very interested in Tony Pollard, who I think uh, the Cowboys are expected to franchise tagging, but if they don't, I feel like Pollard deserves to get absolutely paid. I mean, he's got, out of all the running backs on this list, outside of maybe Saquon, I think he has the most juice. Uh, he's the one that I'm most consistently impressed with. And I feel like if you were going to pay a running back a little bit, uh, him or I guess Damian Harris is on here. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good choice as well. But I think Pollard would be an excellent add to any team looking for some explosive, uh, yeah, explosive play uh, in the running back position. Does seem like the running backs are basically a lot are going to get tagged. The report came out Josh Jacobs is planning to be tagged, and I do believe the Cowboys are planning on tagging Tony Pollard. We'll have clarification on who gets tagged by Tuesday, actually. So the tag deadline's coming up, and then uh, free agency starts, I believe, next week, I want to say, the week after this one. Um, feels like the right date for free agency to kind of kick off. All right. This is going to be a quicker episode today. This this has been, to the listeners out here, this has been a tough episode because I, I don't know if both of you feel the same way, but literally nothing has happened. Like outside of mm, Will Something news. did happen. You're trying to well, cut hey, me off Bradford, before I break Brad, the big Bradford news. Bradford does have some big news to break, so. Oh, okay. Did did the will do we want to do Will Levis stuff now or do you want to talk briefly about Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and then we can get to Will Levis? Who cares about Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson? I'm always hearing about Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Oh, are they going to sign Lamar? Are they going to trade Lamar? Is Lamar good? Is Lamar worth paying that money to? Oh, what's Aaron Rodgers doing? Aaron Rodgers is in a dark room. Oh, what's he going to do? Who cares? That's not interesting. You know what is interesting? 
fellas, okay. I gotta tell you. Will Levis, pretty good QB prospect, you know? I have a feeling he might be slipping in the draft. This is a real report from an actual NFL insider. This is a real source. This is not a joke. I want to be very clear. Oh, no. A legitimate concern that NFL teams have with Kentucky quarterback prospect Will Levis is his deathly fear of milk. I've been told he screams in... I've been told he screams in terror at even the sight of milk, let alone the taste. It impedes his daily tasks, one source said. I'm worried about how he'll fit into an NFL program. He's, he's definitely afraid this is, of, of this milk. This is definitely no. a fake report. No. No, this is real. This is a real report. Google it. It's real. Who, who, okay. Who more? is the legitimate what's NFL more? What's reporter? More? Who, who what is, is the reporter is reporting more? this? Beyond the milk thing, which is fascinating. Mixed but who is the reporter reporting this? this? I don't know. Well, well this you said true? it was from a legitimate NFL reporter. He looks pretty and you don't know who it is. He looks pretty legitimate to me. What? What's his uh, name? Lead NFL draft analyst Jacob Infante. He's verified. He's he looks legit to me. For who? For the, for NFL. For a random blog or NFL.com or what? Listen, listen. You're burying uh, the plot. Will just... Levis is deathly afraid of milk. How does he live? I mean, is he just walking through a grocery store and he's just like, ah, Jesus Christ, milk? Like, how Will does Levis. this? Because this is true. Think about this. They could weaponize this against him. If I'm an opposing team's fan base, oh my God, you bring milk to the games? That's crazy. And it gets so much worse. This one is true. Another report about him comes out. Oh my God, you're getting this from fan-sided? No, this is not from fan-sided. It literally is. is. Fan-sided did a report on the initial news break, okay? Fan-sided. They have a a source that fan-sided is quoting, which is weird. This is very true, but it gets worse. Will Levis, in his coffee, puts mayonnaise. Mayo. Well, he puts mayonnaise with the peel on it. What is happening right now? What is wrong with this man? And I got to tell you, I am dedicated to my position. Oh, he's a Bears reporter. You can't take Bears reporters seriously. Listen, listen, this is either a way to get video eating an entire banana. Oh, Windy City. Okay, no, I know. There's video proof of this. He's eating a banana. Well, this man is crazy. He Listen. puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He's afraid of milk. Maybe this is a plot by the Bears to get him to drop farther in the draft. Okay, the but... milk thing appears to be satire. No, 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 no. This is not uh, satire. He's so easily poked he holes He's deathly afraid of milk. I will not let the plot be buried. Will Levis is afraid of milk. And he puts mayonnaise in his this coffee. This is the off-season, folks. This is what you're... Listen, this is this is what you've come to expect. From All you. I gotta say is Will Levis better not get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, this he does. The mainstream media wants to bury the plot, but hear me now, ye oh. listener. Will Levis oh. is deathly afraid of milk, and he does put mayonnaise in his coffee, and I will not let the NFL cover this up. And as someone who is very dedicated to my job as an occasional host on a fake football podcast. Listen, last night I was out with some friends and I was telling about this story. We were up very late and one of them suggested, well, don't knock it till you try it. And I was like, that's disgusting. That is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. Now, here's the problem. Okay. 
at this particular social event. Okay. There is a girl that I was, I'm, I've, I've, I've been, I've been interested. Okay. Oh, and God, she ends thing. up. Where is this going? <laughs> drinking the mayonnaise coffee. This smells is disgusting, but I'm like, I mean, if she's drinking the mayonnaise coffee, I have to drink the mayonnaise coffee to impress. This is why you don't debase yourself for no, women, no, 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 no. That's such a red flag, Bradford. I drank, dude. She liked you the have, mayonnaise no, coffee. No, I'm you, out. You, I'm you, out. I'm yeah, out. You, I'm you out. You have to immediately. That's say, not no, the plot. Girl, it's not for That's me. not the plot. That's not the plot. The plot is mayonnaise and coffee. Top three most disgusting things I have ever eaten. I literally spat it out back into the. Co- nauseating nauseating and that's something i've done i have to go to sleep at night knowing that i put mayonnaise in my coffee and i drank it you know what i got from his story mason bradford is down extraordinary right now no 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 it's just not he's just down extraordinary not about the good it's about my tendency to debase myself no I felt I wonder, I wonder if there's like hallucinogenic properties in mayonnaise and milk, and maybe that's what happened with no, the student council thing that's going curdles. on. It's disgusting. It's it just uh, I'm telling you, the past 48 hours of my life have been crazy. See, this is why this is why I've been searching for Bradford all my life on this podcast. Truly. I mean, I I I, I really have. I've I've tried I've gone high and low, near and far. And and Mason, this is no shot at you. Mason, I know you you know I love you, but I have been looking near and far, high and low for someone as absolutely absurdly uh certifiably as crazy as me and as uh over the top and enthusiastic as me and i think i found them their i'm sorry have you is, ever put mayonnaise in your coffee their name is bradford sonnenberger and they are a certified lunatic a certified it was disgusting i didn't enjoy it at the very lunatic. least i hated every second of it i want to be very clear oh, that's but, at least. the but point is will levis is a do- but he's not down extraordinary he didn't do this just to impress the girl no i did not do it to impress yes him. you did Okay, that was part of it, but I also are down extraordinary. I thought it would be funny. That's the problem, Eric. This is the problem that haunts me. Look, how do you cure thirst? You drink throughout exactly, exactly (laughs) throughout my throughout my entire life. This has become a problem for me, especially as I've gotten older, and I've realized that it's ridiculous to have problems when nothing matters. And I've been living my life as a sort of choose your own adventure, but I'm choosing the adventure and writing the adventure. And the problem is. I always just go with things that I think would be funny. And I end up getting caught up in these wacky shenanigans, political espionage thrillers, mayonnaise coffee. I mean, I've had so many crackheads try to sell me drugs and I never say no. I never buy the drugs. But for some reason, I, I feel like sending them on a, a quest because it would be funny. It just it's it's poisoned my mind. And the mayonnaise coffee is where, not about where, the girl. Where are we going? It's about my fragile mental state i'm hey, losing Mason, my do mind you understand what this is anymore i'm going no. crazy like is this just what this is going to be in the off season i'm going yep. crazy out here eric you don't understand <laughs> i mean i'm fine with that like let, 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 let let's be totally honest this podcast no. doesn't have any listeners we don't have a fan base like this let's, is just let's let it fly. this is just personally for us but like bradford you're taking us down a road that i don't know if we can come back from at this point <laughs> All I'll say, fellas, don't try mayonnaise in your coffee. Don't draft Will Levis. Dude's messed up. Okay. Wow. I, I feel like talking about Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson at this point is almost pointless. Yep. 
I mean, they're quarterbacks. They throw footballs. They're not scared of milk. I don't see the reason to talk about them. Yeah, quarterbacks, <laughs> footballs. I mean, big, you know, sure. Stupid. I'll, I'll let me just say, I think it's stupid, but the Ravens don't want to pay Lamar Jackson. Extremely stupid of them. <laughs> but it sounds like we're on and route for both of them to get traded. So expect more coverage of that on our next podcast episode. Uh, which will come out sometime uh, later next week. Hopefully both those guys will get moved or get signed or some kind of um, clarification will happen, but I'm a little bit shook. I mean, I, I, I can't move on one. Will Levis is definitely afraid of milk. And two, Bradford is down so tremendous that in that's not coffee, the plot. The plot is I put mayonnaise in my coffee. It, it, the plot is he's involved in some ten million dollar school scandal that he's not allowed to talk about on air. Yeah, it it also feels like da- Bradford. There's like a greater than like thirty seven percent chance you're dead by the end of the off season. I think there's a thirty seven percent chance or greater that you guys don't exist. This whole thing might just be a figment of my imagination. I don't know at this point. I'm losing it out here. And if the Will Levis milk report is fake, I don't want to live in that world. Personally, listen, I choose to live in the world listen, where Will Levis I have is nothing against the Windy City. I actually know some people that right there, like, they're fine. It's not from just the Windy City, though. It's but, his sporting but, but news. But it is. But, but it is. Because what what's his face? Jacob Infante is... Well, he doesn't even have his DMs open, and he's not following me, so we can't get him on the podcast. But, like, I'm just going to say it. This, I mean, there's his email. Should we just email this guy right now and see if he'll come on our next podcast? Like, it, it just feels like we, we need we need to have... Some clarification? This, this, this intervention, because I just cannot believe that's a real report. I think that's the most ridiculously stupid thing i've ever heard but coffee and mayo stuff is not wrong though that was a college but that get that report came out like when he was in college but all right well this is the off season okay like just just accept that if you're a listener to this podcast this is the off season uh i think i'll i'll cut something from this because this is maybe this will pop off or go viral and maybe we'll all be signed by espn or Barstool Sports or somebody by the end of the offseason, but like it's uh this this is it. Bradford, you've you've left me in a stunned silence and t- to the point where I I can't even really control this podcast anymore. So uh we need we need to sign off and say goodbye, Mason. Thank you so much for sitting through the delusions of grandeur of Bradford Sonnenberger. This feels like what we're doing in the offseason. It's gonna be excellent. I'm absolutely on board all right bradford thanks again buddy we'll be back next week i will say if aaron Rodgers or lamar jackson gets traded the day of or after that happening we'll have a podcast out uh but if that doesn't happen uh then we will see you later but first Let's get to the end of this episode by having a discussion with our good friend Skylar Burkhardt of the Rams. During the offseason, I do think we're going to have some people on to talk about their specific teams. After you heard all of that nonsense, I, I, I want you to focus your mind and go ahead and listen to this one with our good friend Skylar Burkhardt. And we will see you 
next week. Peace out, guys. All right, joining us now, very uh, rare thing on the End Zone Podcast, but I did want to do this a few times this offseason with a few different teams. Uh, Skylar Burkhart, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, old friend of the podcast, been a while since he's been on. But Skylar, an avid Rams blogger and podcaster. Um, Skylar, welcome back to the End Zone Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been crazy ride for Rams after coming from a Super Bowl and then on the low we just had. So it's definitely going to be interesting off off season for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think I've been the Rams to me have one of the most fascinating off seasons ahead. Obviously, while we've been gone over the last few weeks, they've already made some moves. Uh, Bobby Wagner has been cut. There's talk around Jalen Ramsey perhaps getting dealt but my first question for you is this Skylar what do you view as the overall vision of what the Rams need to do this offseason like it is next season already kind of foregone as it's going to be another struggle and they're just trying to kind of reset themselves cap wise and draft capital wise this offseason or do you think there's grand designs by Les Snead and Sean McVay to try to make aggressive moves this offseason with picks they might get from a Jalen Ramsey trade to uh, uh, once again make the Rams uh, uh, a uh, heavily competitive side in terms of competing with the Eagles in the NFC. I think Les and McVay have a plan. It's just not very clear to a lot of people out there. I know there is speculation of Ramsey getting traded, but after doing some digging myself, it just doesn't make sense to cut and or trade him to get that salary cap savings trading him. Obviously, you know, everyone wants to see and get some value back at it, but I mean, he's one of your main staple pieces where you have cup Donald and Ramsey, those are your three and you're not going to have Donald much longer and cups uh, coming off an injury too. So it's like, you know, do you really cut that piece and kind of almost rebuild at the cornerback position? You know, when you already had your lockdown corner, which was a key to your Super Bowl run, I just don't think it's in the cards right now. So I think, it's getting everyone healthy. It's maybe adding a piece or two in free agency after you create a little cap room. Um, other than that, you're just going to run with the team you got and hope for the best. So uh, one report that I keep seeing um, today uh, is the the reports about Allen Robinson. And uh, you sniped my him. question, Mason. You sniped and, my uh, question. Uh, sorry, buddy. Um, it just it, – it, it, with that and the Jalen Ramsey news, it, it kind of feels like there might be, I don't know, a bit of a fire sale for picks going on over there. How does that, you know, track for you? Um, In my experience with Les Seed, it doesn't seem like anyone's off the table. They will listen to offers. And if players are unhappy, usually Les will try to get them to the right situation, as we saw with Brandon Cooks and some other players like that. Um, he'll give he'll deal with the right price or if they're really unhappy he'll make it work i.e we saw brandon uh bobby wagner get released which is a surprise to most ram fans even including myself but you know if he had that one season of hey you know we're busting he doesn't want that to be a, a reoccurring thing seeing the injuries that happen he wants to make a break for for that ring before he retires i'm, so I'm thinking alan robinson like you're saying i i don't know I didn't see that today. I didn't get on Twitter early enough, but if that's the case, I mean, he could be just like another Bobby Wagner. He's, he didn't like the season he had with Stafford 
and he wants to find you know greener pastures. I don't blame him for it. It was a rough year. Well, I'm curious though, like, because the the report that I saw was that they were trying to explore trade options, and it's there's no way they're under the impression that they're going to be able to trade. I mean, he makes like what 18 million for a guy that had 300 yards last year. Like, to, I, I almost spit out my coffee when I read that this morning. Like, there's no way that you would be able to 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 trade that, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, 18, it's 18 mil right now is what its cap number is. And it's like, it's hard for any team to want to eat that. You got to look at a young team that has a lot of cap room. Most people are like, oh, the Bengals or like the Jets, you have the Bears, like guys like to have more cap space. But it's like, do these guys really need a wide receiver with that huge of a cap number? I mean, and there's not much of a cap savings. It's 13 uh, million in dead money. It's like, you know, you're just going to have to ride with them. There's not many takers going to be for Allen Robinson right now, especially with such a deep wide receiver class for this draft and we're seeing them go off in the uh, combine right now. There, there can't be a single taker for out. Like, I, I feel like beyond the cap space part of it, like I'm, I'm curious why, I mean, in a league where there's plenty of wide receivers available, I mean, the, I feel like the injection of wide receivers that we've been getting from the draft and everything has been much faster than the exiting a wide receiver, a good wide receivers from the league. I feel like Allen Robinson is not a receiver that I, I can see teams being particularly interested in. Right. Like you would think. No, and especially with the, the off year he had once, caught, uh, once Cooper Cup went out, he didn't really step up and fill that role. So that's a you know very big um, you know detour for most teams. They're like, oh, we're going to swerve away. We'll find a younger option, or maybe we'll find another veteran. And plus, you still have Odell out in the market that is supposedly fully healthy enough in that ACL tear and whatnot. So most teams are going to want to go the Odell route, then they're wanting to take $18 million from an Allen Robinson that had a couple off years. Hmm. Yeah, do you think a, a a cut's likely, or is that just too much salary for them to eat? It's too much. I mean, with the it's just way too much. It's not going to save him anything. It's going to cost him more to cut him, unless there's something that really happens behind the scenes with, um, you know, they're just like, oh, we don't like each other, we can't make it work, and the Rams want to eat that money. I just don't see it happening. Unless he will make it work, McVay's a a player coach. So he'll make, you know, he'll get them happy and he'll get more involved in the playbook. Um, some players also need a little bit more time to get into the swing of things. We saw Tutu Atwell start popping out for us as well. You know, McVay got him involved and he really started helping out the teams. Maybe McVay, you know, after having this weird year, his play calling, you know, brain will start getting going. We'll get some more creativity out of him. Where do you view this defense right now after cutting Bobby Wagner and with Jalen Ramsey, maybe a foot out the door, obviously you still have Aaron Donald, but he has made it clear over the past year and a half that retirement for him is on the horizon. What do you feel like the needs for this team are this off season? And do you think they center more on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball? I think we almost have to, you know, really hit early on the offensive side of the ball. You've got to protect Stafford. He took way too many hits last year, and our O-line was decimated. And our depth, you know, did a lot of work and really stepped up at times, but it's not the consistent, you know, front that we want. Um, Defense, you can plug and play players. You can get, like, veteran players on the cheap. You can find them later in the draft. Rams are really good at finding those players that will plug and play late in the draft. So I'm not worried about the defense. It's that offensive line that their main focus I think is going to be this year. 
Absolutely. How do you feel if the offensive line improves about Matthew Stafford's progression next year? Because I, I think offensive line or not, it's undeniable that he took a little bit of a step back this year. And that was due to him just not getting the protection. I mean, from week one, we lost, you know, no boom. And we went just kind of going from there. It just like it was a snowball effect. One, you know, when it rains, it pours, what they say. And it just like Stafford couldn't get anyone up front to, you know, he could trust to protect him. He threw a lot more mistakes. Granted, this is the most interceptions he's thrown in a couple of years. But, man, he was trying his best to just make a play when usually he can just sit back in the pocket, read his, you know, read what he wants and get it down. We make crazy throws during that Super Bowl run. He has that as long as you keep him upright. I mean, we're in contention again. My question, my question is this. I, I do have a question and I want to preface this. First of all, hi, I'm Brad. It's delightful to meet you. I didn't even introduce myself at any part of this interview, but and I'm, I'm also, I want to preface as well. I'm under, uh, Mason and I are under an initiative from Eric to be on our best behavior for today because we actually have a guest on the podcast. So my question is not too shenanigan but I am, I am curious about this. This has less to do with the Rams themselves and almost more to do with you, but here's my question. Okay. I would argue that the Los Angeles Rams of the past two years, possibly the greatest example in sports history that I can think of, of a Faustian bargain. I mean, the selling of your soul for a ring, just incredible. I mean, everything goes right for the price of everything that could possibly go wrong, going wrong. Future's not looking great. My question for you is this, as I assume you are a Rams fan, as if you were not a Rams fan, your avid blogging of the Rams would be a peculiar behavior. My question is this. I'm sure you still feel a little bit of that high from the Super Bowl. My question is this, in this kind of Faustian situation, okay, now that you've experienced the high, how many years of the low would it take you before the high wears off and you crave the high to a point where the high before doesn't do it for you anymore? It's already happened. After the Super Bowl, I have a mentality <laughs> where, you know, that was that year. You know, that's it. This is a new year. you got to do it again. You can't just live off that high. And some Rams – I've seen – Rams Twitter is kind of toxic in a way where it's like, we're a Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah, we just had a Super Bowl. And then I remember leading up to the Chiefs when they just won. They're like, one more day until we're not considered Super Bowl – you know, the, the reigning Super Bowl champion. I'm like, guys, get off the high. It's like, come on, like – Focus on the development. Like, we got to get in the draft. We got to get, you know, really start focusing in because, you know, for a lot of Rams fans, we don't have the privilege of, like, a Packers, a Steelers, a Patriots, where they just win every other year. They're always competing. In the history of the Rams, we have a couple off years where it sucks. I remember that St. Louis to L.A. transition was rough. And also we got Gurley, we got Goff, and we got Roland. And then we had, like, two years off. We get Stafford. We get going. We have these highs and lows all the time. And historically, we're not a great team, you know, with wins. So it's like you got to get right back in there. Like we want a winning culture. We got to stay consistent like some of these great cultures. You have Mike Tomlin out there, which hasn't had a losing season since he's been the head coach. That's what you want to build upon. You don't want these one-hit wonders or, oh, I won a Super Bowl in the 15 years, you know, that I've been a coach. Like you want the consistency to always be competing in the off chance you have it. That's, that's I, I would like answer. to add that uh, as someone who is the fan of a team that, <laughs> that, you know, doesn't have a Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure I'd sell my soul for one. So, you know, that's me. 
maybe maybe once I have one, that joy will wear off quickly. But until then, it's literally all I want. <laughs> Just one. I don't care. Yeah, as as a Broncos fan, I kind of agree with with Skyler. Like the the year after the Peyton Manning Super Bowl, that was fine. But oh, once you hit like year <laughs> two, like it it gets it, you start to like crave that high again. So yeah. Well, you Skyler, sound like a Cowboys fan. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, oh, we won a Super Bowl way back then. You don't want to be a Cowboys fan. We're like, it's our year. It's like, no, it's not. Sorry, man. Twenty five years in one year. Uh, it's just crazy like, as, as a long-suffering sports fan myself i can say as someone who finally experienced uh football joy this year is a long long-suffering chiefs fan myself you know we haven't we haven't very rough out here uh i feel like i'm satisfied for a long time and so it's just, it's just interesting asking people especially i'm asking you because in the case of the rams where it's like such an extreme contrast like I don't know, because like knowing you, Mason, I feel like you would be happy with ten years of of terrible if you got the one one win, right? Like, it's just I've already lived through twenty, so <laughs> what's ten more? Yeah, interesting response, though. I I appreciate you indulging my question. Well, Skyler, thank you so much for joining us. This has been uh, a blast. To talk more about the Rams. Uh, we'll give you a chance to plug whatever you're working on right now, and then we'll we'll, we'll let you get out of here. I uh, don't have anything to plug. Uh, my old station down to the Rams, always give, I always plug them in. They do great work over there. Um, they love them, hate them. I mean, they do good work and good research. So go over there and give them a follow. Um, when I start joining on with someone or get my life back in order after having a kid here, you know, I'll shoot it out there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. We, we really appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>